last several weeks, we have been in a series called The Godhead. And in this series, we've learned a lot about the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We examine the many, many multiple ways that God can be active in our lives. We saw how God desires to give us provision and be our protector and our identity giver, friend, mediator, comforter. And then last week we looked at God, Jesus Christ, or the Holy Spirit as our teacher. And God wants us to learn to walk in truth and, and be joyfully obedient unto him. So today, to cap off the series, we'll learn about how the Holy Spirit is our source of power. Power, power, power. I don't know if you guys used to watch WWF. I did. And they used to just introduce that power. Once I heard about an American who took um, an English friend to Niagara Falls, and the falls were just amazing, teeming over that cliff. And the American said to the Englishman, this is the greatest unused power on earth. And the Englishman was a Christian. And he said, I beg to differ. The greatest unused power in the world is the power of the Holy Spirit. And it got that American thinking. We have to tap in to the source of power that is given to us as a gift. Our first scripture today foreshadows this power in the ministry of Jesus Christ and the activity of the Holy Spirit. It really shows the Holy Spirit what desires what to do through him and in us. Let's look at Luke 4, 14 through 21. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. On the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me, sent me to proclaim Freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And then he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You see, before Jesus started his ministry, he went to the River Jordan and was baptized by John. And at that baptism was the Trinity. The Holy Spirit came down on Jesus Christ in the form of a dove. And then God the Father said, this is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And then the ministry of the Holy Spirit sent the Son into the desert where he was tempted and the Holy Spirit helped him in those temptations by the enemy. And he resisted it through the power of the Holy Spirit. News about him spread like wildfire, and he went to Nazareth. He unrolls that scroll, and he reads those incredible words from Isaiah 61. And did you hear it? Did you hear it? He proclaims his personal mission statement. First, that God's upon him. He's anointed. He is set apart. 
And he's now filled with the power to live out that mission, to proclaim the good news to the poor. And poor meaning poor in spirit, people who are poor, starving for the spirit, hungry. And the good news is, is that Jesus came to fill that hunger. And it, it's a hunger that he can fill in us. He also sent his son to proclaim freedom for those who are spiritually captive, chained in sin to recover sight of the blind, people walking in spiritual darkness who don't have any light at all. And he came to fulfill God's promise to his people. His mission was to usher in salvation. And he says, today, these things are fulfilled right now in me, Jesus Christ, because I am the Messiah. Rolls the scroll back up and hands it to the attendant. You see, the power of God has the complete capability to do these specific actions in us, in your life, and through your life. And the heart of it is freedom, truth, filling spiritual hunger with our lives, giving people bread and gifts from us for missional purposes. Through the ministry of God, you can experience completely all the above in that scripture. And after Jesus completed his earthly mission, he told his disciples to go and wait for this power of the Holy Spirit, the source, to come upon them. And so there's this power transference, transferring power, this big, huge, divine extension cord that carries on through history, and we are woven in it. Right after the gospel, Jesus shows uh, how to live out this mission, and, and here comes the acts of these followers, and you see the acts of these people who are conduit. Look at the beginning at Acts 1, 1 through 8, and Luke writes, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days. He spoke about the kingdom of God, and on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times and dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, he continued to teach his followers before he, was, uh, he ascended. And he said, well, John, you'll, you'll experience water baptism, but you'll also be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so you'll be filled with this promised power. And this promise, was pow- uh, this promise of power is a promise to us, too, in the now. You see, we have the ability through this power to have uh, power over sin, over sickness, over things or 
power, powerful things that try to control our present or the past abuses, the hurts, and the hang-ups and the habits and power over the temptations that are before us, especially the ones that the enemy puts in front of us. You see, we have through the, uh, through the Holy Spirit, every newborn Christian filled with the Spirit has a real revelation of the truth that he, greater is he that is in you than he is in the world, 1 John 4, 4. And we'll not have a conception of the power God has given until we use that which has been given by God, the greatest unused power in the world. Consider the thought. That the only purpose for which God saved you was to be like Jesus Christ, a savior for the world, a savior for others. And we have a conduit of salvation to one another. And we do this through our words and our actions. Our lips, our eyes, our ears, our hands, and our feet. Acts 1.8 will show us that receiving the Holy Spirit through baptism will make us a witness to the mission of Jesus Christ. And this was true and found evident in his disciples. All through Acts, we see them exercising the power of the Holy Spirit that they received at Pentecost. They preached, they taught, they served, they healed. They did greater things. And Jesus said to them, you'll do greater things than me. And that Holy Ghost power fell upon them. And it got the attention of the world, man. And souls were saved, captives freed, blind seeing, oppression lifted through the ministry of the Holy Spirit through us, and the Holy Spirit taking people and Christians good news to the ends of the earth. And that Holy Spirit power can increase our capacity to love as Jesus Christ loved, sacrificially. You know what? And by the power of the Holy Spirit, God distributes various gifts in order for us to serve the world and live out our mission statement, the mission statement of Jesus Christ. Look at 1 Corinthians 12. Check this out. I'm going to have you start reading it because I'm going to depower my phone. Sorry. Power off. This thing does not belong. Sorry, it was about, I think it was going to ring. So Paul says, there are differing kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, in everyone, is the same work. God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different types of tongues. And still another, the interpretation of tongues. And all these are the work of one and the same Spirit as He distributes them to each one just as He determines. You see, this distribution of gifts is a transference of power in the gifts and ministry that we saw in Jesus Christ and his disciples. And it's for us today. These gifts. Seek these gifts. You know, we have a witness to the Scripture and the Holy Spirit in this world, in the now, 
and to be Christ to those around us. God empowered. God uses our personalities, our skills, our gifts in service to build up and to edify the world, to edify our neighbors. And boy, people need that edification. So spiritually bankrupt. And it's really not their fault. It's not. It's just the, the one who came to kill and destroy. You see, these various gifts are from the same uh, source and their purposeful work of God is, desires to impart wisdom and revelation. And God wants to use us to heal. God wants to use us to perform miracles. Use us to speak truth in order to expose Satan's lie. Use us to teach, preach, prophesy, release captives and the oppressed, to offer words of hope, faith, joy, encouragement, and above all, love. Sacrificial love. Agape love, which is love that is unconditional, unmerited, forgiving, and expects nothing in return, distributed through the gifts. Jesus didn't wave bye-bye and say, okay, I'm going to leave you to the ho-hum. He wants to fill us with his very resurrection power, Holy Spirit, so that we can experience this dynamic, adventurous life as a Christian. And it's complete. It's enhanced. You are saved to help God in the salvation ministry. You are fueled by the Holy Spirit to do just that, Christian. And that power is the same. We see it, and it's still evident today. Think about it. If we use these gifts, if we all did, the world would be a much different place, wouldn't it? And the hundreds of millions of Christians, especially in the United States. The Bible says many wonders and signs were done through the apostle, and they operated out of those gifts. And those gifts were not clung to. Oh, I'm not going to share this gift. But they were given to the world. And what God does, he just replaces it with the same gift or a different gift. And the apostle Paul writes, it's almost like a prayer request that goes out to the Ephesians 1. Let's take a look at this, 17 through 21. He said, I keep asking for the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that you may be given a spirit of wisdom, revelation, that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope which he has called you to, the glorious riches of the inheritance of his holy people and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power same as mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power, dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. What's really cool is, the deep. there's so much spiritual dynamite in this, but it's that in this prayer that Paul prays, it's a wisdom and revelation to know God better so that we can grow in holiness and likeness in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but when you meet somebody really cool, don't you want to get to know them? Kimberly and I met our first day of college at a work-study job called Media Services at NKU. I don't know if you've been to NKU, but... Man, 
It has more concrete than all the state of Ohio. And Kim and I would roll these overhead projectors. Now, I know you millennials have no idea what it is. Google that later. And then we'd have these TVs, and they were on this cart. And these TVs weighed a quarter ton. And they had these big beta machines. And professors would make out a request, and he'd call in the media services, and students would just roll them across campus. And so... Before we started dating, Kimberly and I were friends and co-workers, and she wanted to know something very personal about me. Little did I know that she was going to ask me out. I always tell people, I didn't ask her out, she asked me out. And she needed to know something deeper about me, though. Her question was, and I'll re- I remember it to this day, it's clear as day, it was between the library and Landrum Academic Center. You see, she had a standard that was set by the Holy Spirit working within her. She said, are you a Christian? Now, how how did I respond? I wasn't a Christian. I mean, I I went to church occasionally, but it was my BC days before Christ. And at the time, my church was Tau Kappa Epsilon fraternity. And I wasn't taking communion. I wasn't drinking communion. But it made me think about, that question made me think about some things. But at that time, I was like, I'll be whatever you want me to be, baby. (laughs) You know? But still, listen to this. I believe that question didn't come from Kimberly. She's a member here. She went, she had a ballet tap and chaz. Uh, students. She taught ballet, tap, and jazz in her basement. She lived with her folks, and she was an active member here. But I don't think that question came from her. I believe it was spirit-directed. You see, the Holy Spirit wanted me to know God. And you see, that prayer we just read by Paul was a prayer for me to understand and get to know him through wisdom and revelation to understand the glorious inheritance that was offered to me. The Holy Spirit gave Kimberly witnessing power to show me that not only Kim was wooing me, and I was wooing Kim, that God was wooing me, working in the background, brother and sister, to woo me into relationship that I could receive the same Holy Spirit that she carried, priceless inheritance, treasure within her. What Paul is saying is that the Holy Spirit is a conduit. It it can flow through the conduit of us. Us. And did you catch it at the end? He said, whereby every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And we are in the one to come. And God desires his kingdom to come within us, and his will be done within us. And the Holy Spirit is our source of power to live that out in this world. You see, also theologian Dr. W.T. Connor said, our mission is to bear witness to Christ from Jerusalem to the utmost parts of the earth. And he said, any form of Christianity that does not have throbbing through it a mighty missionary and evangelism impulse is a degenerate form of Christianity. You see, Christ's mission statement is at the heartbeat of our witness in proclaiming the living God to others And when we give our lives to Christ at our baptism, we pray, 
after that baptism, the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born of water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Becoming like Christ. I was reading the other day about the, the heart, you know, uh, what the heart does in the body. It's a little bit bigger than a, a cl- clenched fist. And as the heart expands and contracts, it does that 70 times per minute in the average man, 78 in the average woman, 90 beats in a 10-year-old, and 130 beats in an infant. It pumps an average of 1,500 gallons of blood every day. In a lifetime, the heart can pump enough blood to fill 13 super tankers, each one holding a million barrels. And the purpose of the heart is to circulate blood through the body, and that blood delivers oxygen and nutrients to the cells and our tissue and organs. And when it's stripped of oxygen, the blood turns blue. And this blue blood eventually makes its way back to the heart. Blood takes about 16 seconds to be pumped uh, from, the, from the heart to the toes, where it's, it receives the right, received by the right atrium and then pumped into the lo- uh, lungs. And the lungs, uh, the blood exchanges that excess carbon dioxide and it picks up a fresh supply of oxygen. And as we breathe in and exhale and we do that, we get clarity in our brains because that blood is moving and becoming more and more richer. Being God's witness is the heart of what we are about as Christians because it's really the lifeblood of the body we call the church. And it cleanses and oxygenates and gives life to other people. And the Holy Spirit is that divine spark that I believe that makes the heart pump. God, you. God, you. God, you. You see, being witnesses is the heart of gospel ministry. You know, like I said, it also increases our capacity of our heart to love. I used to be so selfish. Heart cold. The thing on my mind is I just wanted to use that beautiful Christian woman for my own personal benefit. But she had that standard there. And the Holy Spirit ministered through that standard unto me, and it brought me life. And the blood of Christ cleansed me and continues to do that. And the blood of Christ continues to cleanse you. You see, these amazing gifts are for the existence, exist in you for the benefit of the world he created. The Holy Spirit constantly shows us that his kingdom wants to come in you and in this world forever and we have to do like the disciples did how do we receive the holy spirit we just ask we ask in petition and strong devotion to see the power of god move in and through us for his glory jesus said if you then though you are evil how how, know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give the gift of the holy spirit who ask him Our mission is to make disciples, evangelizing our neighbors and nations and equipping the saints for the work of ministry and exalting the the Lord and Spirit-filled worship. Jesus' last words ever uttered before he ascended to heaven, he said, to the ends of the earth, to the ends of the earth. And we're conduit 
Holy Spirit power flowing in us and through us. And maybe it's just right now one person that you can name in your mind. And it's power. It's missionary power. The Greek word for power is dynamis, which entered the English language when Swedish chemist and engineer Alfred Bernard Nobel made the discovery and he made his fortune with a power stronger than anything at the time the world has ever seen. He asked a friend, he said, what's the Greek word for, dyna- or, uh, for explosive power? And his friend answered, dynamis. <laughs> Nobel said, well, I'm going to call this discovery by that name, dynamite. You see, we have this dynamic, dynamite power in all of who we are that wants to in us, not destroy, but to give life, abundant life, conduit of this amazing love power. Jesus said, you shall be my witnesses. And the Holy Spirit is not given, not necessarily for our enjoyment, it's given for his employment. And the reason why God gives us, uh, gives to each of us the person, presence, and power of the Holy Spirit is so that we would be Christ to others. It's been said, the greatest power on earth, <laughs> the Holy Spirit, is us using that, using that spirit and loving on behalf of Christ to the ministry of the world. And we can't let that go out. There's a lighthouse keeper who worked on a very dangerous coastline. And he would get a huge shipment of oil once a month to keep that lighthouse light burning. And so he was this very, very important, highly trained lighthouse keeper. Every once in a while, he'd have guests. And one month, he had more guests than usual. One woman ran out of oil, and it was cold. And she begged for some oil to keep her family warm. Another time, a man came to him and needed oil for some of his equipment because he needed to farm. And since all these requests seemed legitimate, the lighthouse keeper, he just kept trying to please everybody and gave them what they asked for. But at the end of the month, he noticed his oil supply was low, and soon it was gone, and that beacon went out. That night, several ships wrecked. Lives were lost. And when authorities investigated the lighthouse keeper, he was so remorseful. He had given what he thought was a legitimate excuse for his actions. But they simply looked at him and said, you were given oil for one purpose, to keep that light burning. You were created. I was created, I believe, for one purpose, to keep that light burning. You know, Put oil in my lamp, keep it burning. <laughs> Light, so that we can navigate the journey, so that we can help others navigate those treacherous waters. We have the wisdom and revelation of the Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Word. We've been given the oil of the Holy Spirit for one primary purpose, to keep the powerful light of Jesus Christ radiating and burning in our hearts and to share that light with the world that walks in darkness. And today we have to petition that God would fill us with that power, that life-giving power, so that the ministry of the Holy Spirit can flow through us. 
Kimberly sponsored me on a retreat <laughs> eventually, and I gave my life to Christ at an altar in Piqua, Ohio. And I remember one of the first prayers I learned was a prayer to the Holy Spirit. It was on a retreat called Chrysalis. And if you've attended that retreat, Hermaeus, you're familiar with this prayer. I want to invite you to close your eyes and bow your heads. And I, I want to pray this prayer to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O oh God, by that same Holy Spirit, grant that we would be truly wise and ever enjoy your consolations. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.